When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James and Salome bought spices so that they might go and anoint him. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. They had been saying to one another, Who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance to the tomb? When they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled back. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. But he said to them, Do not be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified? He has been raised. He is not here. Look, there is the place they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter that he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. So they went out and fled from the tomb, for terror and amazement had seized them. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. This is the word of God for the people of God. United Methodist Bishop Will Williman tells about how he traveled from the south where he lives all the way to Alaska. He was there on a preaching mission at a small United Methodist church. He said everything was going fine until the building began to shake. Right in the middle of his sermon, things began to rattle. And then he said all of a sudden it was just as if the earth heaved and just sat there for a moment. And then sat back down and everything rattled a little more. And then it stopped. He said he was totally shaken. He stopped preaching. But the Alaskans sat there as if it was another day at the office. He said they were so nonchalant, nobody even said a word except for one woman who looked up and said, Oh my, at least this time the light fixture didn't fall on anyone. Willeman said they all went to lunch because he was done. But he said he was still shaken and he talked with the pastor while he was eating lunch and said, how do you preach to a group of people like that? They are so nonchalant. I would hate to preach to them every week and try to move them if they're that calm during an earthquake. I'm afraid sometimes we come to Easter a little too much like the nonchalant Alaskans in the face of a great story that is earth-shaking. We hear this mind-boggling story of the resurrection and we go on with our lives as if nothing in particular happened. But let's look closely at this story as it unfolds according to Mark. He says these women who cared about Jesus deeply had bought spices to anoint his body because he's been killed. And after the sun rises, they are going to the garden tomb. But they're wondering, how are they really going to get to the dead body because they know the tomb was sealed by a large rock. But as they get close enough to see the entrance to the tomb, they realize the stone has already been rolled back 
And so they can go right on in to the tomb. Now that may have rattled me a little bit to know someone had already movement, but it doesn't seem to rattle them at all. They go right on in, and then they become alarmed. In verse 5, Mark tells it this way. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. The dead body they were expecting is no longer there, but somebody alive is in the tomb and speaking to them. Now we should read white robe and on the right side as symbolic language to tell us that this is a messenger of God. And the messenger of God goes on to say to them, do not be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. He has been raised. He is not here. He has been raised. He is not here. Now the messenger continues to talk to the women, but I think in their minds they are already gone. They cannot believe what has happened. They are coming to anoint a dead body and something's going to arrive because the body is gone. And they're going to get out of there as soon as they can. Mark tells us in verse 8, So they went out and fled from the tomb, for terror and amazement had seized them. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. Something totally unexpected has happened. They came and witnessed an empty tomb, or a resurrection, if you will, and they fled in terror and amazement. We come and hear the same story on this Easter morning and casually go to lunch. Sometimes I think we're like those Alaskans, earth-shattering, earth-shaking events going on, and we sit there as if it's just life as usual. These first witnesses are alarmed and seized, full of terror and amazement, Mark says. I think there's something we can learn from them if we'll notice how they encounter the resurrection. Perhaps there's a better way, a more fulfilling way for us to integrate the resurrection into our lives so that we recognize the ramifications and the implications rather than going on as if life is usual. Now, I'm not just preaching at you. This happens to me as well. Every Easter Sunday, I come and we have glorious Easter services and we proclaim the resurrection and praise God. And it's all so wonderful. And then after the service, I go and take off my robe and go to lunch with the in-laws. Maybe have an Easter egg hunt with the kids if it's not raining. Go on with life as usual. Why am I not alarmed and seized? Oh, the first witnesses were alarmed. They were amazed. Why am I not filled with terror and amazement? The story has told us that a week before this, Jesus has come into Jerusalem. And it is a parade, if you will. It's a triumphal entry. There are people who have gathered. They're singing Hosanna. They're proclaiming Christ is king. This Jesus of Nazareth has come to be king of the Jews. And they march into the city. But it doesn't stay that way very long. 
The gospel tells us before very long, Jesus is disputing with the local authorities. He goes to the temple and there is a scene where he runs the money changers out of the temple. And then that last night, the Thursday night, he's with the disciples and he begins to talk about blood and death, that he's going away. And it doesn't seem quite like a parade. It doesn't seem like a great triumph, as they may have imagined it, is getting ready to happen. And sure enough, after supper, they go out to the garden and begin to sing a hymn. And Jesus is betrayed into the hands of the authorities. And they arrest him and they beat him and they torture him. And then they make him carry his own cross out of the city up onto a hill. And they hang him on the cross to die. And it seems like all that is left to do is to anoint the body. Holly Smelter writes about a time that she and her sister discovered something magical. One day they discovered they could draw on their wooden front door with chalk, that they could draw wonderful, magnificent pictures from their own hand. She said it was so exciting. We realized even if we made a little mistake, we could rub it off and go again. She said we were sort of feeding on each other. One of us would draw something. We would think, oh, my, that's good. And then we would draw something else. And before long, we thought, oh, we have a masterpiece here. This is wonderful. We are really talented. This is even greater than we thought. We thought, oh, when Mama comes, she's going to be so excited. She will see the beauty in our artwork, and our imagination sort of began to roll, and we thought, oh, what if she's so taken she tells the neighbors, and they come and see it and praise it as well, and then they may even want us to do their doors. We might be celebrities in the neighborhood, the local artists. But Holly says, when Mama came, the praise did not come. She was not excited. Somehow she didn't see the beauty of what we had done. All she could see was all the work it was going to take to get that mess off the door. Holly says, we were used to our father being angry and yelling, but not Mama. But that day, Mom was mad. I mean, she was really mad, and she began to yell at us and fume about what this was going to mean. As she was going on and on, we looked at each other and decided we better get out of there. In our wooded yard, it was not hard for two young girls to hide. So we just went around the house and into the woods and found a large tree, and we huddled behind it. We thought maybe Mom will calm down, and we can go back in. But before long, we heard her voice. She was coming for us, and she was still mad, and she was hollering about where we were, and we better come on home. We were so afraid, we just clutched each other and stayed behind the tree. Before long, the neighbors heard, and they came out, and they realized that we were gone as well, and so they began to search the woods and call our names. 
We could hear them talking. They were saying maybe they fell into the pond and drowned. Maybe they've run well into the woods and, and gotten lost. They searched and searched. We were just afraid and hiding. And then the sun began to set. And darkness began to descend upon the woods. Our mother became even more anxious. Next thing we know, the police are there. She has called the police. Now we, we're not only afraid, we're terrified. We know we're in bad trouble now. And so we hunker down all the more, afraid to move. This is not going to end well, we're thinking. And now the police are searching and flashlights. We continue to hide. And then we heard another voice. Through all the voices we were hearing, we heard another voice. One we instantly recognized with horror, our daddy. But this time, even though we recognized his voice, there was something different about it. Something different. In the, it was strange the way his voice sounded. It sounded more like fear. Agony and despair we had never seen our father like this and then we heard him praying our father praying saying to god that if my children can be found if they'll if they'll be brought home alive i will give my life to you lord we could not believe our ears we looked out around the tree and we could see our daddy on his knees praying to God. We had never seen anything like it. When the lights would flash across his face, we could see tears running down his cheeks as he was praying to God about finding us. Nothing in our lives had prepared us for the shock of that situation. What kind of shock would it take to seize and alarm you? Perhaps a resurrection? Mark says the body is gone. He is not here. He has been raised. Should we be alarmed? Mark says the first witnesses are alarmed. I think maybe we should be alarmed. God is doing something new here. Now, common sense says when the body is dead, life is over. Conventional wisdom says once you've gone that far down the road, it's all over. And once life has gone so far one way, it's never going to turn and go another way. But God says something different. Mark says that God acted and said something different on that first Easter God said no there is more there is life beyond death there is always a new possibility there's always an opportunity for new beginnings oh this God who acted on that first Easter the gospel say is still alive that God is still at work even in your life that same loving power that took the slain Jesus and raised him to new life is alive and at work today. And this God doesn't believe in the status quo. 
This God doesn't believe in leaving things the way they are. This God is working to bring, our God is working to bring the kingdom of God here on earth as in heaven. Oh, God wants to change things and make them better. This is a God who can bring life out of death. This is a God who can bring joy out of sorrow and sadness. This is a God that can bring ecstasy out of agony. This is a God who can take mean, angry men and turn them into loving, tender fathers. The risen Christ is still available. He's alive even today. He can change your life. In fact, the Bible tells us that God is already at work in our lives to make things better to make them better than you might even be willing to ask or imagine that this God is out ahead of you, preparing a way, even when you can't see a way. That's something to be seized by. The messenger in our text today in that seventh verse reminds the women, he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him. The risen Christ has already moved into the future and the messenger says, if you will follow him, you will see him there. The messenger says, Jesus is not here in the tomb. He is going ahead of you. That was good news for those first disciples. And that's good news for us as well. That God's love is at work in our world and is way ahead of where we are. We might be facing problems or circumstances or obstacles and we can't see a way, but this God with this great love, can see a way. And this God is out in front of you. And this love of God that can change death into life includes loving you through suffering and dying 